0: Hello. Hello. How are you? How, how are you, Laura? I am a right hen. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like it? She only talks to my cat by going, Ziggy, <laughs> Ziggy. It's like, oh, come on. I actually don't talk like that.
1: I've actually got this thing, though. See if I'm around people with different accent to me. I can't help but, like, take on that. Oh, accent. no, I
0: totally do that, but... Um, I, I, it's just the Gemma Collins version of speaking to my cat. I'm
1: not, I'm not saying I can do it well. I'm not, I'm not saying I can do it well. It's the same way I would spend, I spend any time with my family down in Leeds. Like I will like leave a weekend there speaking like i come from Yorkshire yeah. going
0: down to pie. Like, Pines. I nobody, can't help I, it. Do people in Yorkshire say Yorkshire? Well, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Yorkshire... Yeah, um, I know. But I think there's something to be said for a little bit of masking in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not masking as in like mirroring. Mirroring, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Like
1: I, I cannot help but just like... It's, it's almost like a fascination with people's voices. Like yeah. I just get pulled in and I'm just like, I want to do
0: that voice. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of voices, we are so grateful to all of you that have joined our campaign and used yours to make much needed noise for the cause. So what we have done, as you will have seen, is started a campaign called It Only Takes a Minute, ADHDAF. And uh, also, we are ADHDAF. So, what we've asked you to do is to send us a minute clip in either a video or voice note to us via dm um so that we can all have a say telling the world what we want to what we want them to know about adhd
1: yeah we've done our videos which are on our grid on our instagram and you can find them on facebook as well um with what we want to say to the world about adhd um so if you're not sure what you want to say have a look at ours and maybe that'll give you some
0: idea. And yeah, just let it come from the heart. Tell the world what you want to say, but please, it can only be a minute. So we won't, able to accept multiple voice notes we can only accept the first one and the same with video you've only got a minute it cannot be longer um just so that it's fair and we can get through them all because as ever it is just the two of us and we can barely keep up as it is but we really want people's voices to be heard yeah we need to unite the more Um, voices
1: the more awareness the more change you know all of this
0: so thank you for those that have and those that haven't send us a dm it only takes a minute it only takes a minute, girl. So only takes a minute, girl. <laughs> Um Do you know, take that with the first band that I ever saw live. Really? I was 11 and I was in love with Robbie Williams so much. And when he left, um, a boy at school ripped his head out of a poster that was in my desk. You know, when you flip up the desk, and I opened it and I bawled my friggin' eyes out. Um, But, you know, it wasn't just me with my emotional problems. Uh, There were helplines set up. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was a devastating and sad time. It was. So, anyway, (laughs) we digress. Let's dive into what is going to be. Well, it's basically the podcast episode that I don't want to make. Yeah. And we've talked about it from the start and people have asked, been asking us for three months to make this episode and I've dragged my heels and now I'm giving in and this is going to be very triggering for people. Um, so, yeah, handle with care. And if you are struggling with Eating disorders, eating issues, exercise, obesity, any of this stuff, body image, like please reach out and get the help that you need. Yes. And let's do it. ADHDS females,
1: ADHDAF, ADHDS females, the
0: podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura. And And we are are ADHDAF. Seriously. We are two neurodivergent neighbours who move to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability. What are the chances?
1: Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives and the horrifying numbers of and undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise.
0: We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others.
1: So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether.
0: (laughs) Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics. So please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening.
1: It's important to note that we are not medical professionals. We're not therapists or coaches. We're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence.
0: We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as AFAB people. However, ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are.
1: ADHDS ADHDAF
0: Okay, so we just want to start by saying um if you are struggling with an eating disorder, um then there is help out there so one of the charities that is out there is a uh, one called beat so if you need help uh, their website is beateatingdisorders.org.uk
1: so we're going to start off with just some facts statements that we found online and i want to start with this statement from shauna p reinblatt md who asked the question are eating disorders related to adhd and shauna says that attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a disorder characterized by impulsivity hyperactivity and inattention binge eating behavior is often impulsive and is a hallmark of the two eating disorders, binge eating disorder and bulimia nervosa, both of which are associated with significant health impairment. We also have research that has demonstrated that individuals with ADHD have a greater risk for developing binge eating disorder or bulimia nervosa. In another quote, Research has demonstrated that individuals with ADHD have greater risk for developing binge eating disorder or bulimia nervosa than their peers without ADHD. A study conducted found that girls with ADHD were almost four times more likely to have an eating disorder than those without ADHD. Another empirical study found that 11% of women with ADHD compared to 1% of women without reported a history of bulimia nervosa.
0: Uh, To go on from that, I've got a quote here, um, I've actually lost where it's from, so apologies, um, that says... Adults and children with ADHD have been reported in both epidemiologic and clinical studies to have a significantly greater risk of also presenting with obesity. Conversely, those who are overweight obese also have been found to have a greater likelihood of presenting with ADHD. In treatment-seeking obese adults, one study found that 25% met criteria for ADHD, with a higher prevalence in the most obese obese. In overweight youth studies have found up to 50% of youths treated for overweight had ADHD, while 20% of youths treated for ADHD were overweight. A large study replicated these findings and reported that those not treated with stimulants were 1.5 times more likely to be overweight, whereas those treated with stimulants were 1.6 times more likely to be underweight versus children without these diagnoses. The risk of obesity with ADHD also Holds true longitudinally, as shown in a study, a, a follow up study of males with ADHD who are two times more likely to be obese. So there's that. And finally, eating disorders are a serious medical condition. Approximately 15% of males and females with eating disorders will lose their life to the illness, often through cardiac arrest. Or suicide recovery is possible though for patients with adhd who have an eating disorder provided that the right team of professionals treat both your life is worth the fight amen okay so uh the reason why we didn't want to dive i didn't want to dive into this topic that everyone's been wanting to talk about forever and ever is because i have battled bulimia um for a lot of my life and I didn't want to talk about it because it carries so much shame for me um it's not just like in terms of it being disgusting in inverted commas it's also wasteful which screams of privilege and carries a hell of a lot of shame um but partly because we realise that our honesty is helping people feel validated who otherwise felt so alone, like so many of us ADHDers do. We think we're the only person. Um, And so I think I've realised the value of it. Um, And the other part is because Dr. James Brown, I know we're always banging on about him and Alex, but... It was their podcast that inspired us to do ours. And in one of the episodes, Dr. James Brown shares his struggles with binge eating disorder. And he goes into quite a lot of detail as well. Yeah. And I remember when I listened to that episode, being really, really shocked and a bit like, bloody hell, that's brave. Like, Jesus, how is he saying that? Like, how can you how can you admit to that? But then in the same breath, thinking to myself, like thank you for doing that because it, it makes me feel better yeah. so I can directly see the value in it so I am owning it and I think in particular now that we've been doing a bit of research and finding out about this topic yeah what I now realize is this blatantly obvious correlation with ADHD so I know that I'm not going to be alone in that and that it's something that a lot of us ADHD struggle with and it's part of the ADHD or can be, you know, a really common comorbidity. And having had a lot of treatment in the past for it, that was the focus and instead my ADHD went undetected and that's one of our massive gripes, isn't it, is that they're, they're not looking at the root cause, they're just treating the other thing. Well, anyway, what would you like to say, Dawn?
1: So I guess off the back of that, was speaking to Dr. James Brown, it brought binge eating disorder to my attention. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that I'd really known about or paid much attention to before. And so I looked into it a little bit and it's helped me discover things about myself and my eating habits and things that I didn't really know existed and helps make a lot of sense on the way my disordered eating
0: is yes so would you say that you have binge eating disorder
1: yeah yeah based on what i've read and my findings i did one of those tests online Mm -hmm. um it's the same one i've used for adhd i can't remember where it's from but um it said that i am suffering moderate to severe binge eating disorder which i was like oh wow interesting but it makes sense if i look at my eating habits and my weight loss struggles and my entire life when it comes to food my relationship with food it's it's blatantly there
0: so what do you think like what what do you want to share about that like what is your experience what is it so i i love food mm. fucking love food <laughs> <laughs>
1: so much and um I can go from not eating when I'm hyper-focused, I can forget about eating,
0: and then to binging. Because you've not realised you're hungry because you're hyper-focused.
1: Yeah, all of those things. Or just having food in front of me and the inability to stop eating. Mm -hmm. Like for this week, example, like I've been trying hard to be good in diet and I can do it with my prep diet meals if I'm organised and I have things set out for what I can and can't eat. But if anything additional is put in front of me, that I find it really hard to just ignore that. And this week I kind of fell off the wagon and um, I went to the shop and I thought, my period, this is this is why I've fallen off the wagon, is because I was due on my period and all I want is food. So I went to the shop, I bought a pack of four pork pies because I was really hungry and mm-hmm. I hadn't had any breakfast. So I bought a pack of four por- pork pies. I bought a six pack of mini... Cadbury's chocolate bars, which are like kind of you remember the animal bars. Yeah. Like they're just thin. thin it's ones. like a Milky Way, but milk chocolate. So I bought a pack of six of those, and I thought, you know, that'll help me kind of eat throughout the day and I can have my little chocolate fix. And I bought a bag of squashies, you know, the drumstick squashy sweets. Yeah. But the time I'd got from the shop back to my desk, I'd eaten three of those pork pies. Mm. And the shop what is was a two-minute car ride. I'd eaten three of those pork pies. Got to my desk at the four, fourth pork pie. Then I opened the chocolate bar. I, I just took two out and I put the rest back in my bag. Mm. I ate the two chocolate bars. Immediately, without even thinking, I went back at my bag and ate another two. Yeah. And immediately, without thinking about that, I went back into my bag and ate another two, finished the six chocolate bars. Mm. Probably within about 10 minutes. Yeah, And then I um, proceeded to open the bag of squashes. I ate the majority of them, put them away, and within about half an hour, I'd finished them as well. Mm. And I just... Even though the whole time my head's saying, you don't need this, you don't need this, you don't Mm. need this, you're not even that hungry, like you feel a little bit sick because you've eaten so much. I have the inability to stop myself from eating because I know it's there. Yeah, And it's like, ooh, it's there, I need it. So I don't have crisps or snacks or anything in the house Mm. because I can't control myself when it comes to food. I'll go to the shop, I'll buy a six pack of crisps. By the time I've got home, I've eaten six packets of crisps. Mm. Like if it's there... I can't do it. If I go out for meals with people, fucking what you call it, tapas, Mm. um, any sharing food is just the worst because one, my brain's like, you need your money's worth. Mm. You need to get like your fair share of food. Mm. And two, when it comes to like starters and stuff, I will fill my face with starters, Mm. forgetting that there's a main course still to come. Mm. And then I'm like, oh shit, now there's a main course. And then I'll stuff the main course down my face as well because, well, I, I, I'm i paying for it. I have to eat it. And mm. that's part of it as well. But um, I don't want to be the shameful one and not eat... Like, there's a lot of shame and stuff in there. It's like, I can't not eat my main course. Like, not everyone's seen how much... Well, I, I don't think everyone's seen how much I ate. They maybe did, but fucking hell, I can go at the stars. Mm. But I just... If it's there, if it's in front of me, I just don't have any control... Whereas you see people, I'll be like, I'll have one of those and I'll have one of those Mm. and I'll have one of those and that's enough, I'll wait for my main course to come. I can't do that, I
0: can't. I just have to keep going until, like, I can't go any further. I sort of, like, I feel a bit like, as you're talking, I keep getting, like, these, like, waves of, of, of worry about, like, I don't know, like, responsibility and I feel like I want to say, like, You know, when we're talking, like, I've talked about losing weight in the past, um, and you're talking about, you know, being good and, and things that you can't eat and things like that. And I just want to take a moment to be responsible and really call out, like, what we mean by that language. Yeah. So we... Well, I can't speak for you. At the start of the year, I was very overweight. So I had I, I had one of those scales, and I have an app, and everything was in the red, pretty much. I was I was right in it. Mm-hmm. I was right at the top of being overweight. So I've been doing. I will add that I don't think we should put so much
1: pressure on what scales bmi all of these things it's how you feel in yourself i think is super yes important. yes
0: but the point i'm trying to make yeah. before that is like at no point are we talking about being restrictive on ourselves for diet culture yes or to be thin that's the point i'm trying to make so yes i, I understand what you're saying but what i'm trying to talk about is as a person who has struggled with eating disorders like i'm talking about being responsible and it's not about uh, a food's a sin or you have to be thin or I have to fit in a size whatever or beach body cringe 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 in inverted commas I just wanted to get that out there that's not what we are talking about we are talking about feeling good in ourselves and at no point are we talking about pushing or denying or being unhealthy weight or trying to meet unreasonable beauty standards or anything dangerous or toxic like that you should be who you are and you know if you are bigger that's absolutely fine there is no judgment all that we're talking about when we're reading those stats for example is obesity in terms of danger to health yeah it's we're not talking about aesthetic here that's, I just wanted to get that. out Yeah. Of there. No.
1: Of course. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point to make. Um, when I speak about being good, what I mean is just being healthy. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. My eating, my disordered eating, is not healthy. Yes. It's not healthy.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of nutrition in pork pies, sadly. <laughs> Fucking sadly. Love a pork,
1: pie. <laughs> pork, pie. pork and pickles. Oh my god. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, I, I speak about good foods and bad foods, and it, and it is just about health. Like I. I'm not getting any younger and I want to have a healthy body so that mm. I can enjoy my life, live, live my life, live a longer life, life and yeah. a Without happy life. Without health complications. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's what I want for myself. But my issues surrounding food mean that I will, the impulses lead me to eat the bad things, yeah. the things that aren't so good for my health. And a lot of those things and binging on those things. And then it then leads to struggles with, you know, my, my health. Like mm. I have a I have a bad back. I have yeah. sore knees. I like the other day I was walking out got in my car and I was like oh my hips sore. Mm. And I know it's because I'm carrying excess weight yeah. and I could be healthier yeah. and I could and and healthier
0: means you know carrying less of that excess weight. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So please please know that it's it's about health. That's that's what we mean. So from my end it's really really hard to talk about um but I guess, so like, you know, I was like 14 and I was really tall and just kind of bigger mm-hmm. and like curvier and when other people were still sort of had relatively childish bodies. So I, I, I felt very self-conscious about my body then. And then obviously now knowing what we now know about ADHD, all of that other stuff, self-worth, etc., blah, 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 you know, was a recipe for disaster. And I... Uh, this is a ridiculous story, ridiculous, ridiculous. But I, I found out about bulimia watching a, a, a talk show, like an American talk show. Jerry, no, it wasn't that one. But um, <laughs> uh, and 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 I remember saying to the person I was with, "What does that mean?" And they were like, "Oh, it means you know, you you, you sort of throw up what you eat." And I was like, "What? Like how? Like how?" And they said again, I'm trying to choose my words very, very carefully. And I remember thinking, "Well, oh, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. If that works, that's absolutely genius." Um, and then that was that. So I was 14, and and what's funny is that in it's taken various different forms in my life and that's what's funny about it so there are times when it's been more prevalent and it hasn't there's been times where I have genuinely um foolishly because it's insidious you know horrible uh infliction I can't think of the words disorder um in which I thought that I was in control of it like I was making the decision You know, oh, I'm going to go and do this thing. This is a great idea. There's been times when I've done it to literally punish myself. There's been times when I've done it as some kind of means to have control in situations where I felt out of control. It's taken on so many different life forms because it's been there for such long periods of my life. Yeah. And what I can honestly say um in hindsight now is that it's been uh, f- the last time it was bad and i like I say I am better now it was a few years ago and I remember thinking like I'm I'm gonna die and not thinking it like in terms of like oh my god you know I'm so malnourished or I'm so or something's gonna happen to my heart because often like people that have bulimia they are normal weight yeah so it wasn't so much that in the health aspect like I was gonna die but it was the the compulsion the impulse to do it was so severe and so regular that I was in my brain I, I was genuinely afraid I was like I can't live like this I'm not gonna survive this yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen I, I don't seem to have any control over myself and when you have an eating disorder that's like the most basic thing is gonna you know you have to eat every day like multiple times a day yeah. if you have no control or that part of, of living of existence is a problem like it, how do you exist and it's, it's a really really dark and horrible horrible thing and yeah I'm I'm so sad for anybody who is going through that and I'm so sad that that I didn't get the right help basically, and and even if I'd have got the right help, with lack of awareness about ADHD, there's every chance that I would have just got the right help and it just been solely focused on the eating disorder, whereas actually it's the impulsivity and just feeling trapped like, you know, like the food or having to eat or... The fact that every time you do something fun, it's going to a restaurant. Everything revolves around food all the time. And there's been times in my life where that has just driven me up the wall and just made me feel so, so, so trapped. You know, eating with other people. They're watching what you eat. You have to be, you know, this whole thing. And it's just so, so, so horrible. But yeah, for the most part, what I see is that it, it was my ADHD. Really, it, it was a comorbidity of ADHD, dealing with anxiety, etc., and all yeah. of those feelings. Um so yeah, if that's if that's you um you know please feel free to share our experiences as your experience as ever we are only sharing our own experiences um and I just uh, you know it's been weeks I've put off saying this isn't it and it's like and it's really addressing the shame and what we're trying to do is take the stigma and the shame out of ADHD Mm -hmm. and so I have to be brave and apply that to this Thing that I've been so ashamed of since I was a child, and tried to keep a secret because other people have spoken out about it, and it has been so inspirational to me. I know Fern Cotton talked about it in on her podcast Happy yeah. Place, and I remember being and like, wow, like thank you for doing that. So, so I'm passing the baton, or the baton's been passed, and I've done it. So anyway, well, can I go and lie down? I'm
1: proud. Of, <laughs> I'm proud of you. It's not an easy thing to talk about at all. No. Nope. Like putting yourself out there and talking about these things, it's it's not easy. So. Big up respect, Laura.
0: Thanks. So um, what, what, where do we go from here? Like what is your, you know, we've talked, so we've got binge eating disorder and bulimia nervosa are incredibly common amongst ADHDers. We don't know much about anorexia and other type of like, you know, uh, controlling or impulsive behaviours around food as ever, we can only speak from our own experiences. Yeah. Um, so that's not to invalidate anybody who is struggling with a different kind of eating disorder. It's just we're not doctors or therapists or specialists or anything. We're just talking about our experiences and what we know. Yeah. So I think it's a funny old thing. Like as an adult now, it, it really... The shift has come, and I know, gosh, I mean, completely off-piste because that's how my brain works. Um, I was telling you about that uh, documentary, the Woodstock 99 thing. Yeah. And a lot of the women at that festival were treated really fucking badly. And it was just like looking... It into this time capsule of like everything that I fucking hate. Yeah. So it was like new metal. Sorry, anybody who likes it, but fucking hell, give me strength. <laughs> and these guys are like, sure it's your tits. and then all these girls are getting groped, and the whole it just brought so much back to me about that time and the whole idea of of the idea of what of of the ideal body was, you know, thigh gap, hips jutting out, mm-hmm. you know, low slung. Jeans and little denim skirts that are like two inches long, just about covering your non-existent bum cheeks. And all of that how it fed in, how the culture fed in, is that we had to sort of shrink ourselves Mm -hmm. to be attractive. And thankfully, thank fucking God, we've come a long way since then. Oh, yeah. And that was was the good thing about watching that program is like, we're not there now. We've made huge strides and there are so many amazing women out there using their platforms for body positivity to show that, you know, people like helen anson for example she's a great example she shared that amazing reel where she's talking about sitting in a bikini and not worrying and you know there's no such thing as a beach body take your fucking body to the beach full stop you know and thank god for that so we salute everyone who's doing that um because we are all different shapes and sizes and it's not it's not about is about being healthy and trying to look after yourself. But as we've said in it's, our previous episode, self-care is is really difficult yeah. for ADHDers.
1: And it's super hard in the society that we live in with the pressures that are around us everywhere to look a certain way. Yeah. It, it, it's extremely hard. Like I I suffer from issues surrounding my body and, and, and trying to love myself and I'm doing my best to do so. But God, I struggle. Yeah. Like, I really do. And it isn't helped with you know other people making comments and saying things over the years like that really beats you down how you feel about yourself and and then on top of that when you have this issue with eating and being able to eat certain like you know in a way that would be deemed normal Mm. and not binge like that just like shoots you down even further and then that just affects your self-esteem because it's like well you know what you need to do to be healthier why aren't why aren't you doing it and then that just affects mental health even further because you can't do the things that you know that to help yourself
0: and then it's a cycle as well like if you if you start to restrict yourself in what you eat then you are more likely to binge for example yeah um and as we know our brains are lacking in dopamine and like sugar and things like that Get, get the dopamine going, but then you've got all of the shame, and the shame we've already got the reserves of shame, yeah, we've got them backed up. So, like, yeah, the cycle just goes round and round and round. So, and
1: comparing yourself to others yeah. as well, like, that's that's a really difficult thing. Looking at other people, and you know, you it's it, it I, I find it really difficult to not compare myself to people, yeah. like, I really do, and even. Even the, the body positivity people out there, the people that are larger that I can maybe compare my body to like easier, I look at them and I still put myself down even though I'll see them as bigger, and I'll be like, "Yeah, but they've got nicer skin than me, yes, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. their roles are in a different place." Yes, and,
0: and, I'm craning like, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll look at someone. their their, their, their uh, body fat is yeah. distributed better yeah. than my body
1: fat, and that's the oh, thing. Like you still that? find ways to compare yourself, and it's oh. just like, well, because they've got a tan, like their their skin yeah. looks better than mine, and they're and they can hold their weight better than I can. Like it doesn't matter. You're always going to find. St- things to compare yourself to and, and
0: especially people adhd is that have low self-worth mm-hmm. so it's already there it doesn't really matter what it is we're gonna find it very easy to to make to put ourselves down and have somebody uh, held on a pedestal above us kind of thing because yeah we feel like we're
1: shit everything that's it and then people have said things over the years that like have affected my mental health as well like negatively about my shape my size and um it's it, it's one of those things that plays on your mind. Yeah. Like I've had comments before because I am a little bit bigger and um, because I'm covered in tattoos and mm. colour my hair, like mm. I get people. And this is this is not okay because one, it's, it's not nice saying it to me and putting me in a box, but you're actually being mean to other people at the same time Like, one of the things that people say to me that really grinds my gears and and, and upsets me is they say that I look butch and they Mm. say that I look like a butch lesbian. Mm. Not only are you offending every single fucking lesbian out there, because you're saying that this is a stereotype of what one looks like, like, that in in itself
0: is wrong, you know? Uh, But, like... Any lesbian, straight, pansexual, what fucking ever would be lucky to look like you,
1: (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like that thing where it's just like, well, you look like this because of the way that your body is, because of the shape of your body. And that plays on your mind a lot. And like, in a way, it's made me like change the way I am mm. as in like oh I need to look more feminine mm. so that people don't think this about me and I need to do this and I need yeah. to do that and I need to do the other and it's just like I need to change myself I'm, I'm like maybe I should get fillers maybe I should do this and it all yeah. leads down that road yeah. which it shouldn't whereas now I'm slowly and it's still a struggle but I am slowly learning to accept myself and own that fucking butch lesbian that's look that's incredible if that's what I look like then fuck it I don't care. Yeah. Like, that's not offensive to me. It's not if you offensive think I look way. If you think I look like a lesbian, that is not offensive exactly to me. How is that an insult? Like,
0: come come at me with something better <laughs> because I'm not offended. Happy to look like a lesbian. Um, yeah, whatever. Because, because what does a lesbian look like? Exactly. Like, a it's a ridiculous bullock.
1: thing to, say, to um, say, but...
0: Yeah, like, I feel like... You know, like I, like I'm always wearing a hat, or always have like an outfit on, or something. Like for me, it's it's like a a reminder to take up space. Yeah. Because for such a long time, for most of my life, I've wanted to be smaller. I've wanted to be shorter. I've wanted to be thinner, just diminish, diminish, disappear, 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 as small yeah. as I can get. Um, and at five foot eight, it ain't very small. Do you know what I mean? And it's just a reminder to be like, no, I'm here. And I'm going to stand up tall and I'm going to take up space. And and it's been such a long time and a long process of coming to terms with that. I remember being in a club at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was in DC 10 and I, I was dancing. I kind of realized that I was kind of making myself smaller. And I remember just standing there and thinking to myself, no, like take up the fucking space. Like stand up tall and put your shoulders out and be the size that you are. Um, Hell yes. So, yeah, God God love a 5am revelation, hey? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what, you know, I think it's really difficult in terms of, like, tips and tricks. I don't think as ever that we are very qualified to give them. No. So, well, we're not qualified at all to give them. And we've been told off for saying that we know nothing because we are experts by experience. We are. But in terms of responsibility, it would be irresponsible of us to be dishing out advice. Um but lots of people do suggest things like if you struggle with self-care again if you've not listened to our self-care episode i believe it's number 3 yeah um you know so actually preparing the right food and well, what are, what are the things you do for yourself to help yourself when it comes
1: to diet and exercise?
0: Well, I so when I started this year in a very 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 dark place. Yeah. Um I got covid over christmas and it was the cherry on top of just shit times. Yeah. Um and I lost a friend cancer last year. Uh, one of my best friends. So it was just really, really horrible times. And it was kind of like just now or never, like, realisation at the start of the year, having been shut in the house for 10 days and not seeing anybody over Christmas, was just like, right, Laura, like, you need to start thinking about your health. Yeah. Like, that could have been you, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not getting any younger and you're just... Drowning in self loathing. So what can you do? And I saw this thing on TikTok, which was a 75 day challenge. Yeah. Now, in true ADHD fashion, there is the 75 day hard. And the seventy five day soft, the seventy five day hard is absolutely fucking ridiculous, <laughs> and nobody should be doing that unless you're like an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Um. But of course, I went. Well, I'm going to do the seventy five day hard. Like, if if I'm if I'm if I'm, if I'm exercising, it's go hard or go home. I'm having it. Okay. And and I suddenly realised that that is what I've done my whole life. Is like. With terms of, in terms of exercise, is like go hard and then it's unsustainable. Yeah. So I was like, right, now we know going into your 39th year that that doesn't work. How about trying a different approach? So I went for the 75 day soft, which Cute. is much more manageable, but I made up my own rules. So within that, as so I realized I was so unwell in every fucking aspect of my life mm-hmm. that I would tick like all boxes. So each day I had to do headspace meditation. I had to read or rather listen to an audiobook, a chapter of self-help. I had to, well, do whatever I needed to do with work, with my course or whatever, obviously, but I mean for myself, yeah. for my own body and mind, etc. Um, what was the other thing? I was listening to a podcast at night and I was exercising trying to hit my 10k steps. Good. And that was it, I yeah. think, wasn't it? And because I know that I can't or I struggle to keep things up, I basically took little videos of the things that I was doing. I put them all together because I'm a frigging nerd. And I put it on TikTok, which I have like zero followers because I don't understand it. And then I made it private. And it was literally like you and two other friends yeah. and a couple of girls I know from a million years ago that were following me. And because I'd said I would do it, That's what made me do it. And I did it. So I did the full 75 days and I felt amazing for it. And from that point, I've wanted to do it again, but life. So I am going to get back into it when I get back from holiday because it just kept me in check. Oh, journaling. Journaling was one of the things. I haven't done any of it. I haven't done any of it. Like I still walk about and I'm eating relatively healthily, but I haven't been meditating. I haven't been journaling. I haven't been listening to things. All I've been doing is like hyper focusing on this or yeah. the event. But yeah, but
1: you're still you're still doing well. You've done well. Yeah. And once things settled down a exactly. little bit. Exactly.
0: Well that well, that's the thing, is what it taught me, that experience taught me, was that I actually looked forward to the feeling that I felt after exercise Yeah. and I'd never really got that far before. And what I did was I learned about what I can do and what I can't do. I'm never going to go to the gym. Unfortunately, I'm still too self-conscious and I'm not, outdoorsy and adventurous in the sense that you are i can Mm -hmm. walk and i can run but i can't climb mountains i'm too uncoordinated i'm too nesh and heat sensitive to get in the sea every day i can only do it sometimes so it was really i work out at home yeah i do this hilarious dance workouts with caleb marshall i've made a whole playlist um and this really old workout video because i know i can do it yeah and so that i can do and i can do it in my own home in my own time and, and it's, it, what, and works it, and it's what works for yeah. you. Yeah.
1: I guess like I'm a I'm a little bit different. Like I am quite adventurous and I like doing my outdoorsy stuff mm. and, and whatnot. But my problem is, and it's that motivation. So what I've learned is essentially body doubling. It's mm-hmm. all about accountability for me. Mm-hmm. If I make plans with someone, then I will follow through. Like I like doing adventures and stuff with people i'm not very good i'm fine doing stuff by myself when i'm doing it Mm. but it's the whole process of getting from position a into position b but and that's what where people come in to help me
0: what about though because obviously it was the accountability of posting that on tiktok that made me keep going well of course i did so would
1: that work for you i did my hundred swims last year so for charity last year i did a hundred dukes what we call them up here when you just dip into the sea, um, I did a hundred dukes consecutively for a hundred days, um, to try and help with my mornings with getting out of bed, and I stuck at it. But the reason I stuck out stuck at it was because of accountability. So there we go. And that was because every single day I posted a video of me going into the sea, um, and I raised money for charity in the process. Um, I raised two and a half grand for mental health Aberdeen. Fantastic. And um. Yeah, it is, it's massively about accountability for me. So if I, if I make plans with people. I guess I could, the TikTok challenge That's thing That's what I may, mean, because may then it work. means
0: if somebody can't come and do something with you, that doesn't mean that you don't have any accountability to get you out. But if, you, if you'd if start doing something that you've said you'll do and you have to post about it, then maybe. Yeah, if, if
1: if there's people watching, then yes. Yeah. But if it was just private and there was only a couple of people, I wouldn't do you it. You wouldn't do it? Nah, no um, way. I, it would need to be like something big, like a charity or something.
0: yeah. But
1: yeah, so it's really about accountability to me. If I make plans with someone, then there's more likelihood that I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, and the other thing I was going to say was about eating habits as well. Like I find it really helpful for myself not to have snacks and food in the house because it's it's too much of a an impulse for me mm. if it's there. And I know that's not easy for everybody because if you've got family, if you've got kids, then it's obviously a lot harder. But because I live on my own, um, well, I've got cats, but I'm not going to eat their cat food, am I? <laughs> <laughs> so they're fine. Although I have eaten Dreamies once before. Why? Just because I wanted to try them. <laughs> the cat treats. I'm like the but cats nice. love these. No, they were horrible. <laughs> I think it was Valentine's Day night, and I was feeling really sorry for myself, and me and my so flatmate were sat in Kelly the house, and I'm gonna, Dreamies. I'm not going to eat the cat treats. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not- I'm such a weirdo. But eating, if I um. Plan things and again this is why I've done the prep diet things because having someone else having my busy lifestyle and having someone else make these meals for me so that they're there it helps me eat a healthy nutritious meal that is like built for calorie control with all the macros and everything that you need so that you're eating well. Um, that's really helpful for me when I'm busy. So I've got my lunch and I've got my dinner and I just need to sort out breakfast and I buy fruit to snack in between. And I find that that helps me with my eating and avoids the binge eating. Yeah. But I have to be prepared. Yeah. If I'm not prepared, that's where it all that's falls. That's the thing. That's where it all falls I, down.
0: Yeah. I think I think for me, like, it's never really been that whole, I don't know, If anybody who's listening might just have this preconceived idea that bulimia is just like these huge binge purge cycles, and for me that wasn't really the case. So I guess that's something in my head that I would have associated with. I mean, it is with bulimia. It is, is but I think big
1: purges. Yeah, but then, but
0: that wasn't that wasn't really me. But that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. So for so for me, it was more like more the decision after eating like so you wouldn't have thought about it beforehand not necessarily not necessarily there are things that I can't I wouldn't have been able to do for example if you were to say let's go to an all-you-can-eat buffet then yeah I would be fairly certain that that I wasn't going to be able to keep that down yeah to be honest um but like in terms it it was more especially in my teen years you know, being at home, sorry, it's hard to get the words out and I'm trying to like, think about it as I'm saying it. Yeah. Like, it was more that, I I guess it was this idea that I didn't feel very in control of anything, which obviously now we can understand all of these feelings of ineptitude and fear, not just the teenage feelings, we're also ADHD. And so it would be the kind of normal, like a normal dinner. And I think at times when i was obsessed with losing weight um you know you still have to sit down with your family
1: yeah or
0: eat dinner at your friend's house or whatever so you're in this position where you have to eat and then it was and then it was that but often it really was just as straightforward as and this is where the impulsivity comes in it would be the idea comes to you Mm -hmm. the ideas come to me should i do it should i do it should i do it should i do it and as soon as the idea has come to me then it's as good as that's decision made decision made um and yeah like I I know my own triggers but like now you know I am more careful about what I eat and it's about being present and like being conscious for me yeah it's like I am still going to treat myself you know um but it's like not letting the voice come in and say the thing not yeah. letting not even entertaining the suggestion and I know that it's always there to a degree but actually it makes me feel good that I'm almost preempting it and saying no yeah or something like that of course I don't know it's all still very very complex you know and I, I it's I suppose there's an argument to say you're only one thought away mm-hmm. but like I feel like I can control it now that I understand it more and especially when I see stats like we've just read in and like how many pennies are dropping, you know, it's in it, across the board with things like drinking or, you know, for me, like working in, you know, and whatever, like money, all of these things that we've been drowning in shame and making sense now. And now you can make sense of it and have the awareness and it's, and it's, you know, being kinder to yourself and not just acting on impulse because you're feeling these bad feelings. And that's exactly it. With the understanding that
1: comes along with the ADHD diagnosis, yeah. it does make things a little bit easier because you know why you're doing things. Yeah, And that why can help you control the impulses and yeah. everything that comes along with that so much easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, don't I said, get me wrong, it
1: can still be difficult, but... It, it helps I
0: think it's, it's in rationalising your own thoughts so it's yeah. like you could have a thought and then you'd be like but I know why I'm thinking this mm-hmm. it's just like another level of awareness that, that works as like a bit of a safety net I suppose Yeah. Um, but you know people who struggle with eating disorders say that you know it never truly leaves you and so I just have to I have to keep an eye on it I have to try and look after myself make the right decisions and and I'm feeling good about it yeah yeah like eating disorders are very very serious and anybody that is struggling with disordered eating in any form please do get the help that you need absolutely yeah
1: there is lots of help out there mm-hmm. so don't be afraid to speak up mhm
0: um so we have got a very exciting guest joining us next week yeah who is an expert in this in telling us how to motivate ourselves yeah. because not only is she a nutritionist and personal trainer, she is also ADHD, Yeah, late diagnosed ADHD, and she will be coming on to tell us her story and to help us, you know, stay motivated, look after ourselves, make the right decision and do loads of exercise, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Very, very excited I'm about it. I'm looking
1: for any help and motivation that can help me on my journey to be healthy
0: and, and that, happy. And, yeah, and that's what she does. She's really fantastic at what she does. Her name is Hannah Baxter, and I actually went to school with her. She's here above me at school, so I have another Norwich person This on is there. going to be a catch-up. I maybe <laughs> should sit this one out. <laughs> no, she's here above me at school. Um, but yeah, we're really, really looking forward to having her on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, like, I, I've honestly, I'm RSDing so hard about this episode already. I'm so worried that I've upset people, that we've said the wrong thing, we've used the wrong terminology, we've put our foot in it. And so I just want to say, please remember that we are just two women with ADHD, uh, recently diagnosed, finding our way and trying to figure out what the hell's been going on. And we are learning and we're sharing what we're learning. So if we have said something wrong um we're sorry and you know please please uh yeah understand and show some compassion that we're we're doing our best and we our our goal is to help not to hurt yeah we're
1: trying to do our best to say the right things and um offer the right help to the people out there um so yeah we don't want to upset or hurt anyone in the process and we are just speaking from our experiences And that's all we can ever do.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, we haven't, well, I haven't. It's been excruciating and I'm still not convinced it's very good. I feel like I just zoned out every time I talked. I don't even know what I said. Um, But if you have taken anything away from it, um, we would really appreciate your support in forms of a donate, uh, inform, in the form of a donation. If you are able to our, um, buy me a coffee page, which is ADHD as female. No, buy me a forward slash ADHD as females. Yes. Um, so it's got nothing to do with coffee. It is just a donation page where, uh, the money goes towards the. Uh, the outgoings for the podcast, keep us going and, um, yeah, for some exciting stuff coming up in the future. So we really appreciate everyone who has donated. Um, and if you are unable to do so, you can still help us massively. Get the word out there to you know round up the troops and and bring the community together by liking, sharing, saving any of our social media posts. Commenting on them even really helps us um in the algorithm and all that. Um, and leaving
1: your reviews on Apple, giving us stars. All of these things really help spread awareness and get the word out there.
0: Yeah, sharing our posts or any, um, or, or the podcast even, on um, social media support groups for ADHD where we can't self-promote. So yeah. anything like that, we really, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we want you to use your voice. Yes, we do. So please do send us your submissions of one minute and one minute only. One that's minute all only. We can take. We've literally just had a submission saying, "I have ADHD, so I can only do. I can't do it in one minute." It's like, so do we both. <laughs> it's hard. It took multiple attempts, but that's the rules, and we have to stick to it. So one one minute submission per person by voice note or video sent to our DMs, and we will use them to either put in the podcast or make reels and just give everyone a voice and have their say because we need to be heard and don't don't worry
1: if you can't get the full minute in like I struggled with that mine's is 30 seconds long like it doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds long or if it's you know 59.9999
0: yeah as long as it's within that minute that's that's what we're looking for and we, yeah, we can't wait to hear, and we really hope that people will get behind it so we can make some serious, much-needed noise. Yes. And Laura. Yes. What's the most ADHD thing you've done this oh week? Oh, God, I've bloody forgot again. <laughs> what's yours? I don't know. Oh, no! Okay, I've got a good one. Um, so, basically, I, uh have just, like, exhausted my brain. So I'm thinking about things, thinking about things, thinking about things, thinking about things, spinning too many plates, and what it's done is I'm basically exhausting myself. Yeah. So, like, by the afternoon, I feel physically exhausted and, like, I can't move for a bit. Um, and then by the evening, what's happening is after I've actually allowed my my brain to shut off, you know, like had some dinner, watched some TV, chilled out with my husband for a bit. Then I've like got the energy again. And then I get a second wind and I can crack on and do stuff. But I'm just not, um, so in in short, it's not a very fun or entertaining or interesting one, but I think it's important because I think a lot of people will be doing the same is that in sort of ignoring my own basic needs, I'm, completely depleting my own energy mm. and actually i need to sort of factor in those things like have a break have a cup of tea get a breath of fresh air yes. and then i would continue to have energy throughout the day whereas instead i'm just so and this and this, and this and this and this and this and this and this and then i collapse in a heap by about four yes you need yes. to look after yourself yes
1: yes What's the most ADHD thing I've done this week? Well, first of all, I can't remember if I've already done this and uh, spoke about this in an episode or not. Which
0: I, therein would then be the most ADHD thing yeah. you've done this week.
1: So if I haven't, then that's good. But if it's, it's still ADHD AF. We were sat in here um, the other day and I can't remember what we're talking about. We
0: were putting holiday into the calendar. That's right. So and I've got, like I, I got a wall
1: planner and I was putting a lot of holidays on the wall planner and as I went to write them I just stopped and turned around and looked at her
0: stared at me blankly and I'm like telling her the dates again like what? what?
1: and I just said um, I've
0: forgotten your name <laughs> <laughs> she legitimately completely forgot my name. It just it just went and the best part is on the wall
1: planner I've got like a little color codes because I've got different um colors that I use for each of us whether mm. it's it's for both of us whether it's just for me or whether it's for Laura. And it's there. It's written. Laura's name is written there. She's purple. It's there. But yeah, it just left my brain and it was nowhere to be seen. We
0: literally have known each other since like March, April of 2021. Mm -hmm. And for the last three months, we are basically in constant conversation about the podcast. So...
1: Yeah, for that your name so nice for country. your name to just leave my brain is just...
0: It's completely staring at me with this blank expression. I was just like, What? And if I can't I even remember your name. But this yeah. is the thing, if I can't even
1: remember the people that are so close to me, mm. then I've got no chance remembering like someone I've just met's name. Yeah. Like I d I don't. Like the name goes in my brain and then immediately vacates.
0: It's so funny because I always forget names, but I never forget a face, I always forget names. So Same. what I always do. Especially, like, obviously in Ibiza, you're always bumping into people in various states and whatever else. I would just be like, if I was with someone, I'd be like, oh, hi, have you met? And then just say the person who's next to me and then hope that they get the cue to then ask them their name I without do that. me saying it. I do that. I do that. Um, yeah. But then even worse, if you've actually forgotten their name, too, just yeah. say, have you two met? And then sort of stand back and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> I, I- guilty as charged. <laughs> it's it's terrible though. I'm the same. Like I'll remember a face but not names. Yeah. I stood next to a girl um, on the street once that I bumped into that I used to work with and mm. she swapped numbers with me so that we could meet up for a drink sometime.
0: Mm. I just
1: put her name in my phone I ha-
0: no I hand them the phone here you go put yourself in I've done that well, before I yeah.
1: wish I'd done that but what I did was just put her name as the place that we used to work because I'm like I know where <laughs> I know you from but I have no idea what your name is
0: well the funniest is me because I always say matey yes because I can oh, never remember anybody's and it so really much. confuses you because i will be like you know Matey from Aberdeen Live. Matey from Instagram. Matey but sometimes, from... sometimes you
1: don't even tell me where they're from. You're just being like, you know, Matey. I was speaking to him today, and I'm like, <laughs> which Matey? There's so many of them. And when you first started calling them Matey, I thought someone was actually called Matey, and I was so confused.
0: So why you say Matey? What? You, you sounded quite posh. You're like, uh, there's so many Mateys. so many <laughs> posh. No, that's
1: because in Scotland we don't pronounce our T's. So if I said Matey the way that I would actually say matey. it up here. matey (laughs) that's how I would say it matey it's the same with Katie yeah anything with T's in it
0: like oh well we had that didn't we also just again complete tangent Um, the uh, dictation your name comes up as Don if you say it in a Scottish (sighs) accent so
1: annoying (laughs) like in English my name is Dawn 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 you know but in Scotland it's Don. yeah which sim- sounds really similar to the way I say Dawn.
0: Dawn, D-O-N.
1: D O N. So yeah, I get that all the time. I've had it my whole life and emails from people being like, Hello, Mr. Dawn
0: and I'm like it's Dawn <laughs> Dawn on that like, no, let's D to the A to the
1: W to the N.
0: We are talking absolute nonsense now. Let's, yeah, leave let's people go. In peace. <laughs> Goodbye. We all. just needed to leave
1: that little one, that, that hard hitting <sighs> episode
0: with a little bit of a high. Yes, whatever your name is, we appreciate you and we want you to take care of yourself and um be compassionate with yourself and with others. And um yeah, that's it really. That's Use it. Use your voices, hashtag it only takes a minute, ADHD It only takes a minute, baby. That's enough, enough. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> ADHD as females.
1: ADHD AF. ADHD
0: females. The podcast.